0: So over the, over the last few weeks, we've been in a series called The Good Life. And um, we... Hey, they can't see me. Sit so down. I got to put my pants up, man. <laughs> Just playing around. It's, it's cool that we get to have fun in church. I, I think having fun is really awesome. Um, At my expense, though. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. That's when it's the most fun. So anyway, <laughs> you know. we're in a, in a series called The Good Life. And we, we, we want to live the good life. I imagine that everybody sitting out here today... Would like, man. Now, now I'm living the good life. I mean, I bet you that you would like to do that, and you can. You absolutely can. And if you uh, if you've been or if you've missed the previous messages in this series, go online and listen to them. Especially the first one. Uh, We think they're all good, of of course. But the first one tells. What we're talking about It really lays out what the good life really is And so that'd be a great one for you to listen to If you missed it But here's, here's why we think that you and I uh, We can actually live the good life It's because that's what Jesus came for And we're going to read it to you here in John 10, 10, This is the theme scripture for the whole series This is Jesus himself talking And he, he lays it out He says, my purpose is to give them The them is me and you Give them a rich and satisfying life okay? That's one of the main things that Jesus came for. And so we believe you and I can do it. And we also believe that living the good life begins with really connecting to God. That's where it really starts. There's a lot of people that are enjoying a lot of things about life, and maybe they have things that that you don't. and, And you're like, well, they must be living the good life. Well, if they're not really connected to God, they're not really living the good life, they're missing something. And, and so that's what we're talking about because we, want, we don't want you missing stuff. I don't want to miss things. We want to live the real good life. And, you know, we have a part to play in that. And so that's what we're, we're leading into in these messages are what we're talking about. What, what's our part? You know, now, now, now that we know we connect to God, okay, so what do we, what do, we do? You know, what do we focus on? And, and we're here today to talk about one of those things, which is courage. Living the, living the good life takes courage, you know, that's part of it, and, and that makes you think, well, what, all right, what are you talking about? You know, what, what is courage? And, and we have some, I want you to watch something here. I think that this guy that you're about to see, I think he had to have some courage to do what he's about to do. Okay, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm never going to do that, okay? <laughs> it's not going to happen, but I have to ask, um, how, how many of you guys in here would like to try something like that? Yeah, y'all are out of your mind. <laughs> um, I just, I can imagine it'd be great until I hit the ground. I would mean, just, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be awesome. That, that scares me. It scares me even thinking about that. And here, my brain goes here. There was somebody having to film that, and he was flying with him. So he's having to, like, hold the camera or something, and I don't know how that worked, uh, and do it at the same time. I think he might have been more crazy than the guy you actually saw. Um, so, but it took courage. It had to take courage for that guy to jump off one of those ledges for that very first time. You know, after several times, he's used to it. But the first time, yeah, yeah, I'm, he had to work it up. Folks, I'm not going to bungee jump. Uh, I'm not jumping off a cliff. I'm not going to bungee jump. I don't trust that rubber band not to break and let me just slam into the ground. Um, I might, or my, my youngest son says I'm going to be skydiving with him for his 18th birthday. Well, you know, I, I think I might have said I'll do that. And so, because I'm saying that to tell y'all, so I have to, um, but you, I, you might have to pry my fingers off the side of that plane, you know, that, that entryway or that exit to get out. Um, I, I kind of think it's wisdom, be honest with y'all. Um, I, I, think that's, I think that's what Jesus is telling me, that it's smart not to do those things. But all that being said, um, I think it takes courage to do it. I can, though, remember um, at a time where I had to work up the courage to do something. And uh, it's when I, I was about 15 and I went to my uncle's house for a few weeks, and they, you know, there are farmers and ranchers and have cattle, and um, we were, he said, hey, I need you to go with us because we need to move some cattle from this pasture to this one, and we've got to bring them through the gate and, you know, get them over there. I'm like, okay. So I went with them, and initially I was just watching, and they ran all the cattle out, and they came through one gate, and they got in, and they went into the other gate, the other side, and there was one cow that was stubborn. And she didn't want to go. And, and so he came to me and said, hey, I, we're gonna, I need you to help me. Um, we're going to have to run this cow out, but we need somebody here to make her turn and go this other way, or she'll just run into the other pasture. We need her over here. And I, think, I hear somebody laughing. Yeah, I hear somebody thinking, my uncle was probably just setting me up. That's what I think he was doing. But I, I fell right into it. So he said, I'm going to give you the stick. You stand here. Here's what's going to happen. The cow's going to come running out of the gate. She's going to come straight at you, but she's going to see you. And then she's going to turn and go into the other pasture. All right, let's do it. So as I'm standing there, he gave me the stick, you know, limb off a tree. If, as far as I'm concerned, I was holding a matchstick. Um, but sure enough, boom, this cow comes running out the gate. And, you know, she's 300,000 pounds. She's running about 90 miles an hour and coming straight at me. And I realized at that moment, I can't run. I'm not gonna. I can't. I can't outrun this cow. What? Oh. So it took me a second. I had to work up the courage to actually step towards this cow, who's about to kill me in my mind, and and live, like you know, raise up the stick and act like I'm going to hit her. So I, you know, it all happened. I'm sure really quick, but in my mind, it was kind of an eternity that she's barreling down on me. And I, I did it. I worked it up. I stepped forward, like raised up that stick, you know, like I'm going to knock your head off. And uh, sure enough, she got like two inches, from, it feels like two inches from me. She was actually probably from me to the back wall. And um, she turned, boom, and she ran right into that other pasture just like she was supposed to. I was scared out of my mind. And I'm sure my uncle and his friends were over there just, you know, la- if they would have had video cell phones back then, because it was a long time ago, they would have been video in it. Um, <laughs> But I had to work up the courage to do that. And it, it took something because I was scared. Now, how about you in your life? Have you ever had to work up the courage to do something? And maybe it was something like jumping off that cliff or you know lunging at a cow, or, but it could have been something else. Have you, have you got it? And I bet you everybody in here has had to do something like this, something you had to work up the courage for. Now Now, keeping that in mind, and you did it, are you happy? Are you glad that you took that leap? Are you glad that you, you know, lunged towards that, that stubborn cow or, or you, are you glad that you latched onto the courage to
1: actually do what needed to be done? Part of living this good life we've been talking about is latching on to the courage to really connect with God. Because when you think about it, it, it's a leap of faith. It's a big deal. It's a huge risk because we... To really go in with God, it's like, okay, God, here I am. Take me. My life is yours. Lead me. Guide me. Whatever. So that is a big step of faith. That's a leap of courage to leave the known of your life now and to trust God with your future. But when you're ready to do it, God's put faith in your heart to believe him for forgiveness of your sins and to start this real relationship. When you're ready, then it's simple and it's the same for everybody ever. Ever. We just say to God, God, come into my life, forgive me of my sin, become my best friend, become my guide, I give you my life. That's all it is, it's very simple, but it takes a lot of courage, and God gives us that when it's time. Today we want to look at courage in in the regular days we have, in our regular life experiences. And here's the deal about having courage on a regular basis, here it is. The gap between our heart's desire... And our circumstances is where the problem lies. It's that place between where you are and where you really want and need to be. So here's, here's a couple examples to get, our, get us thinking. Facing the reality that maybe my life is going one way and realizing I need to go a whole other direction. I need a huge change in my life. And that might be some of you guys here today. And you're realizing, man, this this, whew, this is going to be a big, big deal. It takes courage to admit I'm going the wrong way and embrace it and then to go another way. This gap between circumstance and desire, that's where the challenge is. It's where you're likely to be struggling in living this good life we're talking about. You might have a password that's something like this, and it's maybe a little clue about, about where you're struggling. Maybe your password is I-H-A-T-E-M-Y-J-O-B. If that's your favorite password, then, you know, maybe you're, you're struggling there a little bit. The first service couldn't spell the words. We're like, laugh, it's funny. If you get devastating news, all of a sudden there's this gap. Of where you are and where you need to be, but wow, there's this all of a sudden crisis that's been created and you need courage to live the good life here. If you have a loved one who has special needs and needs special care 24-7, what a challenge. You've got a gap again and you need courage to live the good life here. So living the good life requires courage, especially in difficult circumstances.
0: There's a guy in the Bible, uh, his name is Daniel, and he had one of these circumstances uh, you know, happen in his life. He needed courage. Um, we'll, here's where we find his story. We find it in a book in the Bible named Daniel. It's named after him. And let me give you a little bit of background about this guy. He was a, a Jewish guy, lived about 600 BC, and he, what happened, he had been taken into a foreign country, so he was captured and he was like a slave. You know, he had to do what they told him. He wasn't getting to live his own free life. It was structured for him by some people that had conquered, you know, their country. And so this guy Daniel, he, even though he was in these bad situations, he worked hard. He, he, had, he was a man of character and integrity. And so he said, well, I'm going to give it my best still and he did that, and he ended up becoming like one of the top three, you know, advisors or, or administrators in the government, which made some people mad. Uh, the the people that were actually from that country, uh, and and actually that was their people. They see this foreigner who's you know jumped came through the ranks, and he's actually you know has some some weight to him, and they're like, oh no, this isn't working. He doesn't. Who is this foreigner? He doesn't belong here with us. And so they said, hmm, what? What, what can we do? Now now here's the deal. Daniel had become he, he had he had worked so hard and, and, and was such a, a guy of good quality that the king actually wanted Daniel to become his like right hand man, his number one. You know, we we joke around actually Ed Ed does it jokes around um in you know, like you know make it so number one. You know, like like he made you know Star Trek, right? The the guy was the number one. The most he,
1: important thing is that I'm the captain.
0: He's the one that oh, yeah <laughs> It doesn't work. That usually, whatever that is, doesn't get Never. done. But uh, the, the king wanted Daniel to be this guy, his his right hand man, and those other those other guys did not like it. So they said, what, "What can we do? We need to get this guy out of here. We we need to figure something out." And so they looked for something. They tried to find some dirt on him. Uh, hey, folks, we're, we're approaching, a, you know, an election, right? Everybody that's, you know, opposing, you know, teams in, in these elections, they're all looking for dirt on the other guy, okay? Uh, this, these folks were doing that. They were trying to find something to put out there, say, Daniel's awful, he's bad, and we got to get rid of him. And so they looked, and they looked, and they couldn't find anything. Uh, this guy was impeccable. I mean, he was, he was the real deal. And so they're like, all right that's not going to work. This guy has real character. We talked about character a week or two ago. Uh, he has that, so what do we do? Well, they thought about something, and they knew this. They knew that Daniel prayed to God every day. They knew that he you know, he didn't follow their religion. He, he had He followed the real God. I mean, they didn't really think that way, but he did. He followed the real God, and so they're like, ah, we got him. Let's play off of the king's arrogance and pride. Because back then, the kings, you know, they thought they were special, which I guess they were. But these guys um, really, really nailed onto that. And so let's take a look at what happened. In Daniel chapter 6, let's just read part of this story. The vice regents and governors, these people that didn't like Daniel, they conspired together and then went to the king and said, King Darius live forever. So they're like, hey, king, you're so awesome. I mean, they're really, they're playing off of him thinking he's great. We've convened your vice regents, governors, and all your leading officials and have agreed that the king should issue the following decree. For the next 30 days, no one is to pray to any god or mortal except for you, O king. Anyone who disobeys will be thrown into the lion's den. This is how they killed people. You know, This is execution of that day. Issue this decree, O king, and make it unconditional, as if written in stone, like all the laws of the Medes and Persians. King Darius signed this decree. So once he signed it, it couldn't be changed. Not even him. He couldn't even change it. Well, they they thought, we got him. We got Daniel. You know, the king was arrogant enough to say, hey, for 30 days nobody can pray to anybody but me. And he, he apparently he loved that idea. So it became law. Well, of course, Daniel knew this, and he knows he he know he's smart enough. He knows he's just been set up. If he continues to pray to God and he continues to connect with God on a regular basis, it could cost him his life. He could get thrown into this this you know lion's den. It's, it's big trouble. But yet, his integrity and his connection to God said, "No, I, I'm I'm going to keep doing this." Daniel had courage. To be who he was born to be, even though it might cost him everything. Here, here's the deal. Being courageous takes a willingness to go forward. It, it, you know, go forward with the God thing, the right thing, even when you're threatened. And here's why. Because courage lives for something bigger. Courage lives for something bigger than, than what's, what we can maybe see right here and now. It, it actually lives to be who you were born to be, not what society or our culture tries to make you into. Daniel had the courage to actually keep going, even when he thought it was going to cost him. Now, these jealous officials—they got their way. Uh, here's what they did: they kind of um, they set up a stakeout. They, you know, they drove up in their—they didn't really have cars, but they drove up in their donkeys—and and they were sipping their coffee and eating a donut, and they were waiting because they knew Daniel's going to pray same time every day. You know, same time, same channel. This is going to happen. So they had their. They didn't have recorders back then either. I don't know what they did. How did they prove this <laughs> happened? But they they got all their witnesses together, and they hear Daniel praying. They got him. So now they go to the king, and they're like, hey, this, this, hey he, he broke your law. And Let's kind of pick up that story here in Daniel 6 again. They said, you've got to throw Daniel in the lion's den because it was your law. Here we go. The king caved in and ordered Daniel brought and thrown into the lion's den. But he said to Daniel, your God to whom you are so loyal is going to get you out of this. Now, the king, he refused supper. He couldn't sleep. He spent the night fasting. I kind of think that uh, he was so upset about this, maybe it's possible that even he prayed that night. I'm not sure, but it's possible. Um, he, He was so upset. So at daybreak, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. As he approached the den, he called out anxiously, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve so loyally, saved you from the lions? And here's what he heard back. O king, live forever, said Daniel. My God sent his angel who closed the mouths of the lions so that they would not hurt me. I've been found innocent before God and also before you, O king. I've done nothing to harm you. When the king heard these words, he was happy. He ordered Daniel taking up out of the den. And when he got him out of there... There wasn't even a scratch on it. So the, the the question of this is: How could Daniel be so brave? How could he actually have that courage to live what we're calling the good life and even like go forward, even though it might cost him something? Where'd it come from? You know, how how was he able to you know to, to work that up? I, I'll be honest, you know, it took courage to you know work up the the you know the the gumption, I guess, to like threaten the cow to make her turn. But, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't really think I was being threatened with death, being thrown to lions. This guy was. How'd he do it? Well, you actually see it. We actually saw it. We actually read it. It's, it came in what the king said. The king said, you, you've, you've served God so loyally. You've been connected to God. I'm going to paraphrase it. have been connected to God on a regular basis. You've got, he, he saved you. This is why. This is where this courage came from, being connected to God on a daily basis. Um, and he, he, like, he kept it that way. He stayed there. Now, listen, courage, courage isn't a matter of this immediate inspiration, that moment you think you need it. It's actually the result of regular habits in your life. It's actually the result of that uh, day-to-day connection with God. Daniel had always prayed. He knew he was honoring God by saying, no, I'm going to pray Anyway. And, he, and so he wasn't going to stop just because he might suffer for
1: it. So courage is choosing to do what is right even when you are afraid, alone, outnumbered, or facing overwhelming odds. The courage to do what you know is the right thing. God wants us to be courageous enough to trust him in tough times, to take bold steps of action when we need to, or to stand by our convictions like Daniel did, even if it might cost us. Now, here's a universal truth about courage, okay? Courage will be tested. Courage will be tested. Your courage, I know, has been tested. Mine sure has. But what's cool is that as we go through this life with God in our life and we let God work in our life, we grow spiritually and our courage grows too. And we can face bigger challenges and our problems just don't seem so bad. So how do we get courage? What do we do? Well, Chad's already talked about it once. We connect to God regularly. We have that relationship close to God. Just like Daniel, he was a praying man, and so he was growing, and there was an element of courage that was growing in his life. Think of it this way. Think about physical fitness. What does it take to, to get physically fit? We got a little video we want to show you. These are some of our guys who went to Houston to a fitness fundraising event, and I want you to watch them in action here. Didn't those make you tired just watching them? I, I could maybe, I don't know, I was thinking this morning, could I even just jump up on the stage, you know? Well, th- those are some of our folks. And, and No, 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 he's challenging me now. <laughs> so here's my question. Do these guys get in such great shape overnight? Well, of course not. They, they, they work out enough to get that fit that they can do that, and that is so cool. Well, that's how it is for us spiritually. We... Seek God, pray, read the Bible, however you want to say it, but we do that regularly, and as a result, we spiritually grow, and we become spiritually strong and courageous at the same time. Now, what about when, like Daniel, though, we deal with a specific situation, something comes up, a crisis, a challenge, what have you? Here's our suggestion for what we believe you should do in that case. Pray that God works on me during my challenges, Now, you might be thinking, whoa, Ed, that's not what you should have said. It should be more like pray that God works for me, right, that that he fixes my situation. Well, that's okay, but that's not the first thing we believe we should focus on in our praying. We believe that's a second thing. But the first thing is to pray something kind of like this, maybe. God, you know what's up. Help me be courageous and do whatever you want in me through this situation. Use this in my life somehow use it. Then you're ready to pray. And oh God, by the way, if you would just change this right away, I'd sure love that too. So we we get our heart right with God. We recognize he wants to use situations and, and we first let him work on us. Now we have a great example of this. I probably, well, I believe the best example of this kind of attitude in Jesus. He's going toward the cross to die on the cross, a criminal's death that he didn't deserve. For you and for me so we could be made right with God. So he's heading that way. But remember, Jesus came and became human. So he could relate to us on that human level. And in his humanity, he really didn't want to go through all this terrible. It was torture as well as murderous crucifixion on a cross. And so I'm so grateful that we have his time of talking to God about this. And so let's look at it in the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 14, look what Jesus said. Father, he prayed, my father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup of suffering away from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Boy, there it is. Jesus is saying, you could change this, God. You could take this away, but what I want is second. God, what you want is first. And he went through it, and we're so grateful today that he did. Now, what Jesus modeled for us here could be one of the biggest acts of courage possible. Letting go of control. Can you relate to that? Anybody here have any control issues maybe a little bit? I didn't see that. (laughs) Well, you might be challenged, maybe kind of like me. I usually want God to change the situation and save me from the suffering. I want it to get controlled better. But I should first start with God, change me for the better. Make me better, and then the situation better. Let him do what needs to be done for that to happen in my life. So sometimes God does intervene, and it's awesome when he comes through, and we're like, yes, and we should celebrate. But other times, we just got to go through it, don't we? We just got to go through it, and this is where courage helps us live the good life that Jesus wants us to have Sometimes we, we have a bad job situation, and man, you hate it. You'd quit in a heartbeat, but you know God wants you to keep going. you got a family to feed, and, and you know that you know, if you'll trust him, something will change. A job will get better, or you'll get another opportunity. But in the meantime, you got to have courage just to keep going to work because it's tough. Or maybe you've had a terrible diagnosis of cancer, or your spouse or someone close to you that you love. What a What a challenge. You need courage here to live the good life through that. Maybe God's putting his finger on an addiction in your life, something that's keeping you from less than God's best. Well, he wants to give you courage to go through that, to have the good life through that. On and on, you you could just keep going and going. But I want our last focus to be back on Jesus. He's facing great suffering, but he's saying, Lord, whatever you want. And he had the courage that God gave him to go through that, And it's made all the difference. Well, for us, if we have this kind of courage and God wants us to have it, we can live the good life. Y'all stand. Let's pray. After I pray, I want to remind you, we'll have prayer teams up here on your right and on your left. These guys would love to pray with you about any need you might have. If you've got kiddos in one of our kids' areas, all of our kids' crew volunteers know that sometimes mom or dad need a minute to stay and get prayer so your kids will be just great, okay? We look forward to seeing you this afternoon for a 5.30 trunk or treat. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for giving us courage when we need it. And God, I just know for me, I I need more courage. I want to grow in this area. So God, help me, help us all to allow you to work in our lives to make us more and more courageous. Lord, bless these folks. Give them a great week, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.